God, that you would remove it. Lord, we thank you for protecting us safely along the roadway this morning. Lord, and we know that you did it because we are here. Lord, and we love you, and we ask you to love us and open up our hearts and understanding to the words that we hear today. Father, they will help us to grow and meet you in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm 62. Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. How long will ye imagine mischief against the man? Ye shall be slain, all of you, as a bowing wall shall ye be, and as a tottering fence. My soul wait thou upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and the refuge is in God. Surely men of low degree are vanity, and men of high degree are lie. To be laid in the balance, they are together, all together. They are they are altogether lighter than vanity. God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that the power belongeth unto God. Also unto God, mercy, and thou readest to every man according to his work. Amen. God bless you. Be seated. Jesus. We thank God for his word. Appreciate that, Brother Colin. And let's sing this song. Let's stand to our feet. <clears throat> Page 45. Leaning on, the ever, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, what a fellowship. What a joy divine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness.
upon Jesus. There you go. <clears throat> Key of F. Sing the chorus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And
supposed to do. Focus on the Lord. Keep your eyes off of the world. And listen to the word of God. Turn around and shake somebody's hand and say, God bless you. It may be a feat. You may have to walk somewhere. Bob, you over there by yourself. Shake your wife's hand. We got, uh, this is Thanksgiving weekend and uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving and everybody, a lot of people are gone and then we got the other half of them sick. So um, I'm not feeling good. So we just pray that the Lord will bless each and every one of you. Um, we, I told Brother Richard, he's, there's going to be more probably watching in than they are here. So he's got a big job today. Big job. All the burdens on Brother Richard. So, but he can handle it. So, but good to be in the house of the Lord. I <clears throat> hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. Looks like we did. Our clothes look a little bit more tight than they were. But that's all right. By way of announcements, let's have uh, our Brother Bob's going to be speaking for us this Wednesday night. Uh, this coming Saturday, there'll be no Bible study. It's December. For those of y'all that didn't know that, it's been asleep for a few months. It's December coming up just in a few days. Oh, boy. So December the 1st, December the 3rd, no Bible study. December the 4th, we will have one. You okay? Oh. Abby's got to run the... Uh, run the heat too and she's got to run the quotes and she's got to run the good job my girl let's give abby a hand while she's going down through there. pitching in and uh levi and and um Aaron, aaron's kind of feeling under the weather and a little bit sick so he's not here so the kids are not here so they're they're uh, skeleton crew in the back but they can handle it so december the 4th which is this coming up sunday i'm sure y'all will be here then <clears throat> we'll only have one service um, then we're going to go from here. Now, Sunday school teachers, um, I guess we'll have to tell Rachel, but y'all go ahead and do your thing here. Go ahead and do your little Christmas party, gift giving, whatever. Do it here because we're going to have regular service. So it'll be 945. We'll have, have a Sunday school class. Sunday school is downstairs. If y'all have anything to uh, give each other, then do it here. Because uh, when we go there, it's going to be food, but we'll also do the um, silver dollar giveaway and the different things, uh, the different gifts will be done at the venue. And I think uh, there's nobody new here today uh, that doesn't know where the venue's at down at, uh, at Hidden Acres. If you don't, then ask somebody, and they'll tell you. So Sunday school, give your gifts here. We'll have one service. As soon as we get finished with the service, we'll have a catered dinner down at the down at the Hidden Acres in Gillsville, and then we'll have fellowship after that until I think we've got it till about 5 o'clock. All right. Uh, remember, Sister Julie has COVID. Terrence keeps sending me messages. They keep sending them to him. So Sister Julie's test positive for COVID also, so just remember her. And um, I don't know if this one was read, but Ruth sent one and put one here. It says, please pray for my friend at work, Jessica. She recently found a lump in her breast and having a biopsy next week. We'll pray that everything will be all right with that. Amen. <clears throat> also, remember, uh, December the 10th, that'll be on Saturday. There'll be a prayer service. All right, everybody with me? December the 10th, there'll be a prayer service starting at 7 o'clock. Uh, come if you wish. 
Everything will be open. We'll have no coffee, no uh, we're not going to fellowship. We'll just we're going to fellowship with God forever. How long you want to? You can you can sit in a <clears throat> pew or you can kneel. Whatever you want to do, we'll have some soft music playing. But we've had some really good times uh, doing that, and it also comes in the in the um, uh, pre time that we're going to have our meetings on the uh, December the thirtieth and the thirty first. So just remember that December the tenth prayer service seven o'clock. December the 25th, there'll be no service. That's Christmas's on Sunday this year. December the 30th and 31st at 7 o'clock and at 8 o'clock, there'll be a Friday night and a Saturday night service. Saturday will be regular watch night service. But I thought since we're not going to have church on Sunday, on the 1st, because we'll all be sleepy um, more than usual, then we'll have a Friday night and Saturday night service with Brother Wayne Lawson. He'll be with us that weekend so just keep these things in your prayers i know uh this from now till the end of the year is going to be a little uh, jammed up for everybody with family and friends and this one and that one and the other one and gift giving and all that stuff so i'll be glad when we got one time and it's called eternity well we don't have to look at a watch i had to look three or four times to find out what date some of these things were on my phone so so we don't have to do that no more Thank God we'll not have to do that anymore. So let's remember these that are that are sick. Also, one thing real quick, and I know it's going a long way from now, but I want to go ahead and announce it. February the 11th is our Valentine's banquet. That is on a Saturday night, and it will be at Hidden Acres, and it will be catered also. But we're going to change some things up this year a little bit, and we'll be letting you know about that a little bit later on. Uh, the group from Ohio is coming. <clears throat> They've already got their tickets. And they're all coming, as far as I know, uh, coming down for that for that weekend. So we appreciate that, and we appreciate their support. We we thank God for them, and we we speak to them often. And sure, we'd like to see them a lot more than we do, but but uh, we're doing the best we can at the moment. So God bless you. Let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you for this time that you've given us in this day that we're living an opportunity. Lord, it's not a twenty-four hour day; it's a day of you. As John said on the Isle of Patmos, he was in the Lord's day. Well, today, Lord, may we be in your day, not just a Sunday. But, Lord, may it be the day, Lord, that we come to a place of this statue of a perfect man where we can come to adoption. And, Lord, these things that we've been reading about and, and, and saw it through a little prophet there for a little while. Lord, in, in, he said it would be in part. We'll get to that, Lord, maybe later on. He said this is just done in part. What you see in part will be done in its fullness. Wow. It's going to be done in a many-membered bride, though, around the world. But, Father, we got to get ready. We, there's a requirement. There's a required courses we have to take. And these are the requirements that we have to do because you saw that that's what we had to do. So, Father, I pray that you'd move us out of the way, Lord. You take over and you speak to your people. Touch the ones that are sick, Lord. Too many to, to, to name, Father, but you know them all that are away, Lord, that truly wants to be here. And, Father, we pray that you just bless each one, be with the missionaries on the foreign fields, Father. Just give them fruit for their labor. And bless each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Who is this Son of Man? Part 71. In the beginning was the Word, Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made what? Flesh. God doesn't have a problem being in flesh. He didn't have a problem being in flesh. He didn't have a problem being in your flesh. All right? So the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, 
full of grace and truth, First Thessalonians, that every one of you should know. So there's an opportunity. There's an open door there. We know it's just for the elect, but you got to decide whether you're the elect or not. But for the elect, it is a possibility. No, it's a surety. Somebody's going to come to this. Somebody's going to be able to know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. If somebody ever tells you out in the world, somebody says, well, you're not perfect, and I ain't perfect, and we can't be perfect, read them that scripture right there. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in what? Sanctification and honor. All right? Different. Be different than the world. We'll talk about it in just a few minutes. Romans 12, verse 2. To be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. You may prove. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? You may be seated in the Lord as blessing to the reading of the word. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's a mandate that we are going to prove. And you know what? You're going to prove who you are anyway. It's just, it's, this is an open book. We keep preaching open book, open book. Well, guess what? We're talking, we ain't talking about the Bible. We're talking about you. Amen. I'll read you a quote here in just a few minutes where Brother Brown talks about that in a way that, uh, that well, I'll just read it to you in just a minute. But Jesus tells, tells us, oh, generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Now, we'll get to that in just a minute. Because remember, the heart of an individual is not the thing that pumps your blood. Do not think about that when it comes to saying heart, all right? Because your soul does not reside in your heart. I know Brother Branham talks about a little compartment. No, he's just making an illustration. That is not where your heart, your soul resides, is in that little compartment. Your soul is your being. If it was in that just little compartment, that's all it would work. But you're a soul from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, all the way to your fingertips. You are a soul. Amen. That's why you. That's why you produce ninety-eight point six percent. I mean, degrees of your temperature, because you got a firing mechanism called a soul. Because when that soul leaves your body, guess what? Your temperature goes. Amen. Why? Because cells quit firing. Things quit work, quit working. There's there's your brain quits working. Maybe some of us are a little premature on that. But but thank you, Brother Louis. But. But that's you. The soul is you. When my hands move, my soul moves. When my feet move, well, then my mouth moves, my soul moves. When your mouth moves, your soul moves. Amen? So I, so don't think of it then that Jesus is saying out of the abundance of this thing right here. No, it's out of the abundance of who you are. You are a soul. Thank God for a prophet to tell us that, that when we were a baby, that God put a soul inside that baby. And that soul began firing. That mechanism started firing in there. And it's a soul. It's something that's worth 10,000 worlds, as the prophet of God told us. Because, listen, no one can duplicate a soul except God. No one. And thank God that Brother Bradham said he don't believe in transmigration or or, or pre-existence or all that. In other words, souls flying everywhere because there's a lot of doctrines of soul sleeping. It says that when you die, you're just, you just fall asleep and your soul stays in the grave with your body. Now, that's not true. We know that. And also, my soul can't migrate to Brother Luis's soul and vice versa. Or I can't. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm Hitler or somebody. No, you might get a spirit on you just like Hitler, but you don't get Hitler's soul. 
Hitler's soul is in a dimension somewhere, and it ain't coming back until the day of judgment. Everybody with me? So that soul is the most important thing, or the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So I'm speaking today, I hope, through my soul. I hope you're hearing from your, in your soul. All right, because that's the only way you go. These don't hear. These are here as a faculty to give you an opportunity as a, of a vibration inside that, that, that vibrates that you're hearing what I said. But when you process what I'm saying, guess who's doing that? Your soul is doing that. Your soul is processing what I'm saying. All right? Now, you also got, we talk about memory, reason, conscious, affection, imagination. We'll get to that in a minute. But your soul is the real you. That's what the prophet of God told us. And your soul is your theophany. Everybody with me? You don't have a soul floating over here somewhere. You didn't have a soul back before the foundation of the world. Brother Brown, what were we before we got here? He said, you were nothing. Only in the mind of God. God's mind is a soul. It's the soul. That even Satan came from that part. Sorry, Lucifer came from the mind of God. But he made a choice to be his own person. Because giving a soul, once you give that soul, there's a choice to be made. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's if it's Abel, Cain, Adam, Eve, everybody, even Jesus. Had an opportunity to say, I don't want to do this. Father, let this cup. That was the human part of him. That was his humanity, not wanting to go through the struggle. But he said, nevertheless... Not my will, but thy will be done. That's what you and I must come to. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Why are you saying this, brother? Wait, I want you to know that's where this is going to come from. Out of the abundance of your heart, you're going to have virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brother, kindness, and it's going to manifest itself. I promise you there's nothing you can do about it. Amen? When you were a sinner, it didn't hurt your feelings one bit to walk if you liked beer or cigarettes or whatever you, whatever you did. But if you didn't do any of that, you're still lost. You didn't have any problem. Go over there and just open that door and, and you know, pull out, a, pull out a case of beer or whatever and put it on the counter and pay for it, take it to your house. Did you have a problem with that? No, you did not have a problem with that. Why? That inner man, that soul had made a decision according to its carnality, according to the carnal mind that you were given. That influenced you, you moved toward that. So out of the abundance of your heart, you just went and paid for the beer and got the beer. You didn't mind cursing. You didn't mind doing this. You didn't mind doing that. Everybody with me? All right. So, so that makes us then perfect in the eyes of God if you're born again. But remember, we all still got memories of conscious effects and imagination. We all still are born in sin. We can't get away from that, but we can what? We can lessen the effect of it. And when we get to the place where we get a body change, you have not lessened the effect of it. You've changed the effect of it. That's why it's called a body change. Oh, thank you. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So whatever you're doing is coming from, I don't care if you make decisions even in work, it's coming from a part of you, wife, husband, kids, family, Opportunities, all kind that all come emanates from that one guy, and that's that soul deep down inside, and that's either faith or doubt. And, and the great question is: is 
well, well, brother Wade, if that soul is eternal, why do we why do we doubt and die? If you're born again, you don't doubt in your soul. You have let that memory, reason, conscience, that spirit realm, you have let that influence you, and it's overtaken your soul. Come on, somebody. And and it's encapsulated it so much. You know what a capsule is? You know, you take medication. You take a capsule like this with that what? That little glycerin thing around it, right? Does Ruth, is that what does you good? No, that's just a glycerin. That's just something to hold it together to get it down your throat. Where's the medicine? Inside the pill. So the inside is our medicine. We just need to what? Let that outside dissolve so that the inside can go to work. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. And remember, we were all evil at one time. Doesn't matter who you are or what you were, you were evil because you had evil thoughts, you had evil ways, you had evil doings. You just did not want to go to church. You did not want to read your Bible. Hello, somebody. I mean, really. You didn't want to do that. Second Corinthians 4 says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world... So there's a God of this evil age. There's a God of this world that's blinding the eyes of man. Now listen, it's not an evil spirit that we think an evil spirit. The most evil spirit is you to have a religion and not be born again. That's the most evil thing that Satan can do to you. Cursing, drinking, smoking, prostitute, all that's just what attributes. Of Satan getting you to think you're right. Wow. Wow. Think about that. Remember, Satan's not going to make you smoke, drink, cuss, and do all. You do that because the thing inside you wants to do it. He's at church. He's religious. He's sitting here in the pews. He wants you to get close to God. And whom the God of this world has blinded the minds. Now we're talking about the renewing of our mind. Which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. What? This light. We'll walk into light. What kind of light? It's not a flashlight. It's an illumination of the message of the hour or an illumination of this. Amen. It's an illumination. That illuminates and we see who? The image of God. This is the image of God. Man has not been privileged to see this image of God that you and I see. I'm sorry. Because I want to read this to you in a minute. What the prophet said. Who is the image of God? What should shine unto them? For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. Paul never preached his, his own self. But he said, you'll be judged by what I say. Because what he did, he said what Jesus said. Even though he never met Jesus, he knew what Jesus was. He knew who he was. And he preached who he was. <clears throat> For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves your servants. For Christ's sake, for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. He commanded it. Amen. You know where he commanded it at? In me and you. Yes. He commanded it in us. There is no other light of this world except you and I. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. Remember, Brother Brown, the angel put nothing, and Brother Brown put a little bit of light. That's me and you. Because yes. it's going into total darkness. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts, all right? Shined in our soul. All right? 
Remember, heart, soul, it shined in our soul to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Listen, you're going to, you know, you know, sitting here today, whether you're born again or not. You say, well, I don't really know. Well, yeah, you, you pretty much do. If you don't do the will of God and the things of God, probably not. So let's just face it. If you lost, you lost. Do something about it. But we have this treasure in earth and vessels. I'm going to read you a quote here in just a minute. We, we understand, before I read it, I want you to understand that, you know, Brother Branham had this dream. He had this dream about this big storehouse. And he was putting big vegetables and things in it, all right? Now, he's going to say that's the tabernacle. But where's the tabernacle of God? It's not a building. So let's look at this. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. It's really strange that they found those Dead Sea Scrolls in earthen pots. Not a coincidence. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And that word treasure means what? The place in which good and precious things are collected and laid up. Like I said before last Wednesday, if you get a revelation, if you get a true revelation of God, it will never leave you. Because that's what you build on. You get a revelation of one God, they can't teach you a trinity. They can't teach you of an eternal hell. Once you get a revelation, well, it's part, it becomes part of you, and you've stored it in your storehouse. Laid up to be at what? To be there when you need it. Like a computer. You've got a supercomputer. It's got all this information, but it takes what? It takes levels to get it out of there and get it to what? Up on the screen. And that's me and you, living epistles known and read of all men. It's a casket, a coffer, or other receptacles in which valuables are kept. A treasury. It says it's a storehouse. Repository. Magazine. The things laid up in a treasury collected Treasures. Now, here's Brother Brown in 1962 taking sides with Jesus. He's talking about the dream. You remember what that dream that I got the interpretation was? Go back and store up food. Where was the storehouse? This tabernacle. Well, I want you to take your finger today and not point to Jeffersonville. Point it right here. This tabernacle. This is where the food is being stored up. It will do you no good at Jeffersonville. It will do you no good in Lula, Georgia, if it ain't inside of you. Where was that storehouse? This tabernacle. That's why we've been 60 years. We've been listening to tapes. We've been reading the books. We've been listening to thousands and thousands of sermons. What? To store this up to where when we... When we listen. It's like Brother Brown. We're going to talk about virtue this afternoon. If you don't have it, you can't give it out. A computer only gives out what you've already put inside of it. Listen, you can have IA and all that stuff, you know, or AI, artificial intelligence, all you want to. They can't think. That thought process has been by human beings putting stuff in a computer, and then it correlates and comes together, right? Am I right? It's not a body of its own or it'd have a soul. So it has to originate from something. you got to put it in before it can come out. So where's there anything? Look, I want you to finish... Finish this quote. Where was the storehouse? This tabernacle. Where is there anything like it in the country? Oh, Brother Brown, you're bragging a little bit. I think he's telling the truth. 
Where is there anything like it in the country? Around here? Anywhere. That will compare with the message that we have. I say the same thing today. The message that we have. Nothing can compare to that. Now look. Now, of course, our little brothers here, out of here, I believe he's talking about Junior Jackson and, and Don Ruddle and the different ones. These other little churches are us. We're one. But look, where would you go to to find it? Amen. Show its comparison anywhere. You go right out in denominational creeds. I'm reading you what the prophet said. You'll go right out away from the name of the Lord Jesus. You'll go right out away from these other things, see? And here is where the food has been stored up. All right, so here is where it's been stored up so that he can what? Give it out. It went to Brother Branham. Then Brother Branham, he gave it to what? The fivefold ministry. And then the fivefold ministry breaks it down to the people. Now, listen, that's not a pyramid scheme, but I like the way it works. Comes from one God, not four, three, or two. One God. Down to one person, that's why Brother Brown said he only uses a major prophet one time Amen. to a generation, not three or four. Amen. Why? Because you go, well, I think a T.D. Jake said this, and, and, and Kenneth Copeland says this, and, and, and this one says this, and this one says There's your denominational creeds and ideas. But when it comes from a vindicated prophet of God, to me, I can put my what? I can pack myself onto that. I can put my soul on that. I can rest on that. Do I understand it all? No. Do you understand it all? No. But I know it's right. And if I'll stay there long enough, if I know the water is good, if I stay there long enough, I'm going to get clean. But if you move over to this one or to that one or the other one, you never know what you're going to get. So where's the food stored up? Right here. Right here. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so what do we got to do? We got a beloved when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation. This is Jude. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. If you'll go back in, in um, Revelations 1, 2, and 3, you'll see most of all of the church ages fell away from something. Why? Because Satan got involved. The creeds got involved. The denomination got involved and divided the people up. Come on. So we should earnestly contend for that faith that was once delivered to the saints. Peter and Paul never met each other for a while. They come back together and they're preaching the same thing. Same doctrine. Same thing. Same what? Because it's only one Holy Ghost. For there are certain men, preachers, crept in unaware who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. You know, there's, Brother Brown said one time, he said, you know, God will put somebody in your path and have him say something to see how you'll react. Now, that don't sound good. That, to me, that you would sound like, well, well, God, you're purposely making me do this. No, God don't purposely make you do anything. He's going to see what you'll do. That soul, that firing mechanism I've been talking about, he's going to see what that is going to do. And how you'll react. Listen, he knew before the foundation of the earth what you would do. So who's learning here? We are. He's not. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men. 
turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, which is horrible, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. You deny this message of the hour, you are denying God. You're not denying William Branham. You're denying God. All right, so you got to deal with God. You don't have to deal with William Branham. you got to deal with God. And what did he give us, Brother Luis? He gave us apostles, prophets, Ephesians 4.11. He gave us what? He gave us a way to get perfect for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the body. All right, so that's to me, that's pretty plain in the Bible, what we're supposed to do. And I believe we go by that. We have that down pat at this church. I don't think we have to have any problem that we got to listen to tapes all of our life. And Brother Branham is our fivefold ministry. That's garbage. You know what? That's not from God, so you know who it came from. Only two spirits. If you believe that, then you're of the devil. Sorry. Uh, you got to make Brother Branham's message fit the Bible. People are trying to make the Bible fit Brother Branham's message. That ain't it. God ain't going to share his glory with nobody. He didn't ask William Branham what to write in the Bible. He just said, William Branham, you take what I got and you preach it to the people. And you preach it right. You preach it. You store up food. You store up good big vegetables. Good big nuggets so that the fivefold ministry can break it down to the people. Sixty years after the prophet left this left this earth. Wow. Sixty years. We've listened to sermon after sermon after sermon. Where's it got us? A lot of people are still babies. Pentecostal babbling babies. And that's okay. You can have all that. But can you live that and have that? Hello, somebody. I mean, come on. If you can, then praise God. But I've seen more times than not those people that shout the loudest leave the earliest. Have I not? Have y'all not seen that? I have. Uh, right? There's people that shout the loudest, holler and scream, run up and down, all this stuff. They leave. Because you know what? They're basing everything, as Bob was talking about. They're basing it. That's their foundation. If you don't have screaming, shouting, speaking in tongues, you're not of God. That's what the Pentecostals said. And what did God do? He left them. I'm not telling you a lie. He left them. Brother Brown said, they cabbage down. He moved on. Our problem is, is we've cabbaged down on a lot of things that we're not moving on. We've got to keep moving on with God because, remember, he's always in motion. God is moving. But we've got to get this Son of God revelation. We've got to get the adoption to the people. Then we can start really with the open book of the seals and all the different things that are, yes, that's a deeper revelation of God. But you know what? <clears throat> Where's Zoe? Zoe, what grave are you in? Fifth, do you know how to do uh, the Pythagorean theorem? I don't now, but I used to know how. I didn't got old, but uh, but it's a it's a it's a theory or a theorem that that you'll understand maybe later on, but you don't now. Why? Because she's in the fifth grade. They're only going to teach that in probably the tenth or eleventh grade now. But if she'll go through a process, she'll hear that word before she gets out of college. Or the theory of relativity. You ever heard that one before, Zoe? Okay. But it's true. It's there. It's in It's in the book. Everybody with me? It's in the book. 
It's already there. It's waiting for her to what? Mature. It's waiting for us to mature to get to all these things. Amen? All the calculus and trig, they don't start you in the first grade with that. One plus one is two, Brother Michael. Two plus two is four. You remember doing your tables? Do you have to do you have to do them now? No, it comes automatic. Right? Sometimes you don't need a calculator to do it. Sometimes you do, but I can pretty much figure things in my head. I couldn't at five years old. So it's okay to be a baby. It's okay being the first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade. It's okay. But but as Zoe, it's always moving. We're moving. We're moving up to the next level, to the next grade. Listen, it, even if some of us had to be held back, so what? But you need to not be shaven and be in the third grade. Men, everybody with me? Okay. So we need to move on with God. Come to this open book revelation. Listen, Brother Brown's message is not what you're looking at right there. Oh, don't look at me like I'm strange. He said not in the years of preparation. That's the years of preparation. This is the years of preparation right here. That's what the that's what brother that's what was lost in the church ages. Yeah, we know this was lost to but we had to go back to that faith of the fathers contending for that faith to bring it up to 19 and whatever 47 to 63 preaching the revelation of the son of God and then he opens up and says I got this new ministry coming. I've got this new message. It's not going to be in the years of, the, of preparation. It's not going to be in the years of, of the healing campaigns. It's going to be when the word's being revealed. Well, that's to me, that's the word being revealed right there. But we got to get to what? The Son of Man revelation. That's the body change. That's the special anointing. When we don't think we're justified, we know we're justified. When that thing inside of us has what? Graduated. It's come to a place where it's took over. That's our problem. We don't let it take over. We let every little thing. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. But let's get to that, though. We got to stay with this revelation right here. We got to know how to get brotherly kindness and use it. Oh, I know all about these, brother, brother Wade. Well, can you manifest them? Godliness, patience, temperance, knowledge. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I'll leave him nameless, but he lives in Ohio. <clears throat> we were talking about a football game, and Ohio State got beat, and Georgia won. And we were talking about that. And I said, you know, it really doesn't matter. And he said, it really doesn't matter to him either. We just, I just like enjoy watching that one thing. All right. <clears throat> Maybe God will deliver me from that. I'm sorry, but y'all watch it too, so forget about it. Y'all turn your Netflix off and turn your Hulu off and turn your Zulu off and turn all other stuff off. I'll quit watching Georgia. But they won and Ohio State got stomped. And Isaac said, man, that used to make me so mad. I said, yeah, I used to cuss. But you know what? Not now. That cussing guy's dead. He's buried. 
He's not in a closet where one time you have an interception and you start saying words you used to say before. That's why I know I got a little more temperance than I did before. I got a little more knowledge that that ball game don't mean squat to me in my spiritual realm. But it, you know what it did? It did in my spiritual realm before. Because it raised up that thing inside of me. To what? To hate that other team. To hate that guy that intercepted my wonderful quarterback's pass. Why, how dare him do that? Now, it just don't matter. Well, then let's just keep growing. Let's just keep growing in God. The things I used to do, I do them no more. Why? The doer is not in you. You have had a what? Not just a mind change. You've had a heart change. And then what? It renews your mind and puts you this way. I I remember Dick Addison, Brother Dick. (laughs) Bless his heart. I miss him like crazy. Um, But he used to tell us, he'd say, I'd go to that Presbyterian church. He had Falcon tickets back in the, I mean, the 60s and 70s. He said, I had Falcon, t- and they were like one in ten every year, you know, so they weren't very good. But Dick sat there in that Presbyterian church, and he what counted the time that he could leave that pew, go get in his car, go get his mama. He's told us that a hundred times. Go get his mama and make sure that it's a Falcon game by one o'clock. And dare nobody stop him going outside. Dare that preacher go over 15 minutes because my day is set on going to the Falcons game, not coming here. How about yours? You say, oh, that's silly. What do we put in front of all this? So the revelation of the Son of God is what we're working on. We're working on having what? Virtue of God, knowledge of God, temperance of God, patience of God, the godliness of God, and the brotherly kindness of God. Where when they hit him upside the head, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Can you do that? Oh, no, we like to get back. Come on, somebody. You do it to me, I'm going to do it back to you. That's not, that's not a Christian attitude. That's not a Christian attitude. Like, like Brother Brown said many, many times, he said, oh, he said, um, I'll scratch your back and you scratch mine. He said, no, I'll scratch your back. I don't care if you scratch mine or not. That's the problem with people now. Listen, I'm telling you, with all of us, it's what we're going up to the statue of perfect man. It's going to help us to remember that money means nothing. Gifts mean nothing. And, and whether you love me or hate me, Brother Brown loved everybody anyway, and so did Jesus. So I got to work on that. Listen, I ain't there yet. I got to work on that. Well, if I'm me and Donnie's the only one, then pray for us. We'll be here at prayer meeting in a couple of weeks. We'll just pray for that. He's the only one that said amen that I heard. I'm sorry. But the greatest battle ever fought is what? It's in your mind. It's not in Brother Darty's mind to me. It's in his mind because that's where his soul resides. That's where his person resides. Amen. And I believe that the greatest battle ever fought is now ready to go into action. I preached this in 1962. So in 1962, that was one year almost exactly before he started preaching the seals when they started, what, preaching his message. All right. It's now ready to go into action. I believe that God has been selecting his soldiers. 
Wow. Pretty good selector. God is selecting his soldiers because Satan is getting his soldiers together too. I believe he's been dressing them, training them for 60 years, and the battlefront is now set getting ready to start. Because we're going to have, we're in the greatest battle ever fought. We know that. But I'm telling you, as you move toward God and you want to get higher in God, guess who's going to be your partner? The devil. He's going to be right there with you. Every step you take, he's going to take it with you. You really believe that? (laughs) I'm going to see if you do. (laughs) That's it, right, Brother Kyle? I'm going to see if you do. Smyrna Church Age, we've read this many times before, and we'll read it again. Unless we suffer with him, we cannot reign with him. So listen, remember, like I said, we're on a battleship, not a cruise ship. You have to suffer to reign. The reason for this is that character simply is never made without suffering. That is the characteristics of God. Character is a victory, not a gift. A man without character can't reign because power, apart from character, is satanic. But power with character... It's fit to rule because we're going to talk about here in just a minute that when you have virtue, you have power. Right? Strength. Dunamis. It's the same meaning as it is Holy Ghost. So how in the world can you have virtue without having the Holy Ghost? You can't have the virtue of God without having the Holy Ghost. As people teach in the message, you've got to have all these virtues before you get the Holy Ghost. You don't even know how to start. You don't even have the faith of God. James 1, verse 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. And like I said before, that's where you see, as Dad always says, he said, he said people come in here and it's like a, a, a candle burning on both ends. They're just on fire. God, they sit on the front row. No, no offense. They sit, on the front, they sit on the front row and they're right there. They're right on the edge of their seat. And six months later, they disappear. How many times have you ever seen that happen? We have seen it happen many, many times, right? And listen, without you being the elect of God, you do the same thing. Because you can't handle this message without having the Holy Ghost. You can't sit under this message without having the Holy Ghost for any length of time. That's why you see people moving out. But you do do see them moving in too. Amen? But you see people, look, why? For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You know, Jesus told the the Pharisees, he said, Look, if you hadn't have met me, which he was the word of God, if you hadn't have met me, you'd have a cloak for for your issues that you have. But now that you've met the word of God... You're in trouble. Same thing with this message of the hour. We need to be careful who we dump. And I say that lightly. Dump this message on and just say, this is it. You got to do this. It's got, it's got to be the prophet. It's got to be this. You got to do this. You got to do this. It may drive them away. As Brother Dick always said, bruising fruit. They could have been real good fruit. But you know what? If you take that real good peach and you drop it on the floor... About a day or two later, there's going to be a spot about that big on it, and it's going to what? Rot the whole peach if you don't get that out. So that's the same way with you and I. Talk about the Lord. 
Talk about Jesus and how you got saved. And if they say, well, we got saved the same way. You say, okay, let me tell you a little bit more. Amen. Amen. Don't just dump this whole load on them because, listen, you can't take it. You can't take it either. Amen. What did Sister Johnny? She's on this. Ta- she's on this thing right now. Brother Darty sitting right here. Brother Darty comes down here in the early seventies. Am I good? Early seventies, and he gets into this this collie man, and and they talk about this strange. And, and Sister Johnny's up. She ain't sister by well, she is. But Johnny's up there in New York working Wachovia or wherever she's working. And she, you know how Sister Johnny is. She's like a firecracker. You know. She hears that her brother, right? She hears that her brother has got into this cult, this strange doctrine. She's smiling now, I know. I talked to her a couple days ago. And she's going to what? She's going to come down here, right? She said, I'm coming down and get Robert. Those of you that don't know, Brother Darty's name Robert. Brother Robert. Her brother, I'm getting him out of this mess. He's in this strange doctrine, and I ain't never heard nothing like this before. Well, let's jump to 2022. She's in it as much as he is. She's as fool as the rest of us. What? She came down and got under the fountain for a little while. She saw how it changed his life. It transformed. It didn't make him crazy. Well, yeah, it did, but he lost his mind. But she come down here to snatch you out of that, didn't she? She come down here and said, that ball, my brother ain't getting in that junk. Well, what? Well, but about three months later, she's in this junk. Predestination of God. So how many times has your family done the same thing? But now, Robert, I'm sure Brother Darty didn't say, well, bless God, get yourself back up there to New York and leave me alone. I hope, you know. He just told her. Did you meet her then too, Brother Collie? Yeah. So, so I mean, you got two. You got two, at that time they were young and real young. Because that's been in the 70s. So, I mean, they're like, you know, they tell her about the message and they tell her what's going on. So you want to hear this guy. You want to hear this guy that we're going to... Y'all driving all the way up at Lula? What y'all driving all the way up at Lula for? And what is it? Right? Why are you doing that? That's an hour and a half. You drive... Robert, come on, man. You know better than that. You got churches right here you can go to. Brother Darcy said, no. You ain't heard what I've heard. Let me tell you a little bit about what I heard. Well, guess what? Since then, she's been hearing the same thing. Praise God. So she's not what? Brother Darty wasn't double-minded. Brother Darty would say, well, now, well, now sis, I, I kind of halfway believe that. I, they some of them things. I, no. He said, this is it. This is it. I'm going to church. I'm going to be faithful. This is the best thing I've ever heard. And Sister Johnny said, let me hear that one more time. So she heard it one more time. Then she heard it another time. Now she's been listening for 50 years. Wow. But a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Brother Darty wasn't unstable. Brother Collie wasn't unstable. They stand true. And so what? We see that, and some of you haven't because you haven't been here long enough, but I've seen it since a kid. Never wavered. 
Never run off. Never been double-minded. Never, never run off in this, this some of the other something that's going on. This other move. But a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can't be double-minded. Listen, you can't serve God and mammon at the same time. If that's the character of God, you can't have your own character. Come on, somebody. You can't have the character of the devil and the character of God. You're, yeah, yeah, they're in there warring back and forth. But remember, there was a time when the devil resided in you. The unclean spirit, what, goes out of a man? Where does it go out of? Your soul. But thank God we didn't let him back in. We filled that house with the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost stands there just like they did in Genesis, just like them cherubim stood there with a flaming sword and said, you ain't getting back in. This garden's my garden. God lives here now. You need to head on out the way a little bit. Well, and you know what? Satan will go out there just a little ways, and he'll come back around, and he'll go, I can still get to their memory. I can still get to their reason and conscience. I'll get to Eve somehow. I'll get to her. And he did. But uh, wavering, uncertain, doubting, divided in interest. That's why I said many, many times before. Talk about church. You know, people... I ain't saying it. Right mental attitude. And uh, I think Christian, Brother Christian sent this on WhatsApp this morning. So the right mental attitude. All you along here, he's talking about the prayer line or the people that are sitting in stretchers or wheelchairs. Your right mental attitude toward God's divine promise will bring any promise to pass. Now, maybe you don't believe that. You say, well, my faith is weak. I wouldn't confess it. See, don't let the devil know that. See, the Holy Ghost that was in Brother Darty didn't let the devil that was in, sorry about that, that was in Johnny know that he was scared and know that he was wavering and know that he wasn't. No, she said, you really believe this, don't you, Robert? He said, absolutely. And she said, well, well, tell me a little bit more about it. And guess what? That devil didn't like it, the one that sent her all the way down here from New York <laughs> to straighten her brother out. Here he goes. Get out of here, devil. And he left, and she got filled with the Holy Ghost. And then she moved down here. Well, what in the world? Hmm. Down here to straighten everybody out. She still does that a little bit. Thank you, sister. Appreciate that. I wouldn't confess it. Don't let the devil know it. Always say I've got good faith. I believe God with all my heart. See, don't testify nothing of the devil. I want to tell you something just real quick. I truly believe, and this is just me, I don't have a quote for it, but I do have one. But it's not exactly the way I'm going to say it. I don't believe the devil can get into your thought process as much as you think. What did Brother Branham say? He said, as long as I keep it up here. He said, Satan can't get it. But when I speak it. He said, when that thought becomes expressed, he said, now Satan, it's, look, it's out into his airwaves. It's out into the fourth dimension. Because, see, my, 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 mouth, my mouth, my words right now are going through the fourth dimension. Everybody with me? My words are going through the fourth dimension out to the, in the airwaves to somebody's home miles from here or down to mom and daddy's with eight miles from here. There's not a wire that goes down through there. No, it's going through the fourth dimension through the airwaves. All right, so you keep it in here. Yeah. Keep it in here for a little while. 
and let it percolate. You know what? If you get it in here and start thinking about it, how many of you ever had a thought and you didn't, and you had that thought and you thought, this is it. Here's it. This is exactly what Brother Dale's talking about. I got it. Then you go to Brother Dale and say, Brother Dale, this is why he's going, no, that ain't what I'm talking about. Has anybody ever done that before? Don't raise your hand, Bob. <laughs> Don't raise your hand, Bob. Dad, they've all got their hand up. Whether they have it up or not, it's up. Some of them are doing this. But we have. Why? Because we percolated that thought, and then what did we do? We let Satan, we started talking about it, or we started speaking it, and as soon as we spoke it, God said, nope, that's not right. But what the best thing to do is you take then what was right and put it back into that computer again. You erase what you thought. Remember, our conversations as a Christian go way down when the first two words are, I thought. Everybody with me? I thought. You don't have another thought? You don't have a thought coming? I thought that's what. But remember, that's why I think Satan, if you're a born-again Christian, if you have to have a renewing of your mind, then God has took over. Bob, he has took over a part of your mind. Because if he tells us to have it renewed... Something's got to come out of that computer that was there before, the unbelief, the doubt. And then you start thinking about what I'm, what a preacher's saying or what anybody's saying, and it sparks some faith, and it sparks something in there, and you're going, wow, that's what that means when Brother Brown said this. Wow, that's what that means when this person said this. Wow, that's what that means when that brother that came by six months ago. You might not have got it six months ago, but today you get it. Because why? You're percolating that in your mind instead of thinking about everything else. Equipped for the battle that we are. <clears throat> but look what this when we walk. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Like I said before, you can never, ever bring your flesh under subjection like it should yet. Because your flesh don't make you sin. It just moves when you tell it to move. It just does, and that's getting older, and that's part of the sin curse, and it's just getting older, and we're having to, to you know, the, a lot of things we have to do, the slower than we used to do and, and all that, but you know what? God's still in there. God's still in there working. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. What? To the pulling down, where's the stronghold at? When you're letting Satan get in more of this than God is. Casting down imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bring, look, bring into captivity. When you bring something into captivity, you have won a battle. When you have brought something into captivity, when you have captured something... Every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in, in what? In a readiness to revenge all disobedience. And that's not in your brother. That's in you. When your obedience is full. And that's what we're talking about. When your obedience, 
We've got to bring this under subjection. We've got to have a renewing of our mind. We've got to have a, that's why I've preached for, for at least the last 10 sermons about renewing of your mind and your thoughts and your ideas and, and the things that we're thinking and the faith that we need to have. We need to have positive faith. Brother Nels always preached positive faith to us. Regardless of the circumstance, quit looking at circumstances, folks. If the three Hebrew children would have looked at circumstances, they'd have been in trouble. If David would have looked at circumstances, he'd have been in trouble. According as his divine power, this is Second Peter, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. What? The promises to baptism of the Holy Ghost. The promises to you and your children and them that are far off, even as be as the Lord our God shall call all right, so there's your promise. That's the Holy Ghost. That's down at the bottom of the pyramid. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Now, there's only one divine nature. It's not Satan. It's God. All right. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Look, and besides this, besides having divine nature of God, uh, besides escaping the corruption that is in the world through lust, besides this, Peter said, and besides this, giving all diligence, add. Remember that word? That add means to minister. Minister nourishment. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge. Second Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know where your truth is, so you go to it. But shun profane and vain babbling. Listen, I'm not going to sit and listen on YouTube and listen to Joyce Myers or any of those other people tell me how to be good. Can I get another amen out of that? They can't help you. Oh, they might make your life a little better, but you know what? There's nothing. The Holy Ghost is the only thing going to make your life better. And if she's standing up there with hair as short as mine and got earrings on, looks like fishing lures. It ain't happening. I always think about that. But she's accepted. She's a multimillionaire. She's accepted by the world. She has so many millions of views. People go right after that. The prophet of God said, a bob-haired woman, God won't even hear her prayer. Except for salvation. Now, I'm just telling you what a prophet said. I'm not telling you what it might be. I'm telling you what he said. If you don't believe him, then we've got to go back up a few more quotes. Right? But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth a canker. The whole world, folks, is deceived. The whole world. Of whom is Hymenius and Philetus, two preachers, that sit in Paul's sermons. And what? They molded around in their mind and said, oh, Paul's preaching that the resurrection's already happened. When they didn't listen to all that sermon and listen to what Paul was preaching about us having a resurrection inside. An out resurrection. What? Away from man's ideas. But Philippus and Hymenius, they just jump on the bandwagon, go out and start preaching. Who concerning the truth have erred. Saying that the resurrection is past already, and look, overthrow the faith of some. Wow. We've seen that in the end time, right? 
We've seen people do that. Vain jangling and, and, and um, false doctrine. Listen, nothing can good come out of false doctrine except you coming out of false doctrine. Right? Amen. Come out of her, my people. Oh, I did. I come out of them denominations a long time ago. Did it ever come out of you? Did you ever leave it and let it die? <clears throat> did you starve the thing long enough till it fell dead? Because you keep feeding it the world, it's still going to what? Still going to eat. Still going to canker, as we was talking about. It. But if we take these virtues, and we know what all the virtues are, the moral excellence, it's a value, it's, it's meritousness, it's worth. But they all affect our senses. Remember, memory, reason, conscience, affects imagination. It is all affected by your Christianity. Everybody with me? It's all affected. But you only have one sense in your soul, faith or doubt, right? All right, so if you got faith in your soul, let's go to the next. Let's go, let's go to the next grade. Let's learn a little more. Let's learn that this now let it affect our senses. But if you're not born again, you're still in kindergarten. You're lost. And it affects your senses. Either way. But if you get God in your soul, it is definitely going to affect your senses in a different way. <clears throat> your memory, reason, conscious affection, and imagination. All right? So let's read this. This is kind of where I stopped Wednesday night. It looks like it's where we're going to stop today. Romans 7, verse 14 says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Now, this is what? This is a church-age messenger, born-again prophet of God. Is everybody with me? For those of you that weren't here Wednesday night, that is a prophet telling us this right here. This is not coming from Joyce Myers. This is, not, this is coming from a reputable source. Somebody that wrote 80% of the Bible that you and I live by. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. This is Paul. For that which I do, I allow not. In other words, I don't want to do it. For what I would do, that I do not. But what I hate, Paul, what I hate, that I do, or that do I. What I hate. Listen, how many of y'all have hated yourself? Some of you must be a lot more perfect than I am. I hate some of the things I do. Paul hates some of the things he did. And I mean, he ain't talking about what he did before he was converted. He's talking about now. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it's good. When you were in denominations... Or when you're in error, you thought it was good. That's all you knew. But it was wrong. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Because remember, false doctrine is sin. Smoking, drinking, cussing. Remember, Brother Brown said none of that. It's the attributes that you don't believe. What? Don't believe the word of God. But it's the sin that dwelleth in me. Look, for I know that in me. That is in my flesh. All right, now, he didn't say it was his flesh. He said it was in his flesh. 
which is your spirit realm. Remember, reason, conservation, imagination. Dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. I want to do it. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. This is the man who wrote 80% of the Bible of the New Testament. A prophet. Saw visions. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil, which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it. I, the Holy Ghost inside, it does not sin. Never has sin, never will sin. But you got the outside realm, memory, reason, conscious, face, imagination. But sin that dwelleth in me. See, that sin can't be dwelling in Paul's soul at the moment. Everybody with me? He's writing the Bible. The Holy Ghost is writing the Bible through Paul. So it's not that he's not saved. He's talking from a converted life. I find in a law that when I would do good, the devil's right there. Evil is present. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man down inside. But I see another law in my members, memory, reason, conscious, affection, imagination, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into what? Now, look, he's getting brought into the captivity of the law of sin. Now, we were... We just read a few minutes ago that we're going to bring unto captivity those things. So that's what this is. It's bringing into captivity. Listen, God's not going to use you if he can't see that you won't be captivated by the wrong thing. If you're captivated by the wrong thing, power without character is satanic. But power brought under captivity of these virtues. It's what? Fit to rule. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. That's why Brother Brown said, we sin every day. Christians sin every day. Christians have sins. They don't have sin. Come on, somebody. They don't have sin. They have sins. A sin is a sinner. And it's a sin in the center. (laughs) Everybody with me? All right. So now one more time, we'll stop right here. Musicians, come on. Remember, I've got this down one more time. In your heart or your soul, remember, when the Bible talks about heart, when Jesus talks about heart, when Brother Dale talks about heart, when I talk about heart, when all the ministers talk about heart, there is no, there is no the, the thing that pumps blood. Okay? That's in everybody. And like I said before, and there has been a few studies on this, and I want to get into that a little bit more, because, but I'm not talking about that right now. But, you know, when people have heart transplants, sometimes it changes them. 
or even open-heart surgery. Your mother had open-heart surgery. Brother Dean, different ones had open-heart surgery. It changed them. When you start messing with that heart, that's how much God thinks of even that flesh thing you got. But if in that flesh thing, there's that one-inch compartment, that's where the soul resides. If they take yours out and put somebody else's in, you're not going to start acting like that person. It's just a piece of flesh. All right? So Brother Brown was just illustrating. It's, there's no way that your heart is in a one, I mean, your soul is in a one-inch compartment. That's just where blood didn't flow at. So, I mean, scientists found that, but it's not the, it, that's not where the soul resides. All right? Everybody with me on that? Just want to make sure that we understand that. If you have to go under the knife and have a heart transplant, a real, like, thumping gizzard heart transplant, don't worry. You're not getting somebody else's soul and somebody getting yours. Because you know what they'd usually do with that bad heart? goes in the garbage can so your soul goes in the garbage no no you're still who you are all right let me read this right here and then we'll everybody stand matthew 15 verse 17 says do not you yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth go into the belly and is cast out in the draught in other words if you're a vegan that's fine if you like to eat meat that's fine anything that you eat it goes right on out. It, it helps you with a little bit of nutrients, and then it goes right out into your garbage, into your um, safety tank. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, the soul. They defile the man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, theft, false witness, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. All right, one more right here. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servant to obey, his servant you are. We're talking about captivity back a little before in Romans. To whom you obey. That's your captor is whoever you obey. That's why Paul says, I am a prisoner. I am a captor of Christ. He has captivated. He has captured me and brought me under submission. Thank God, he said. I know Paul didn't want to be a prisoner, a physical prisoner. He's in a cold jail. It was dark. He told him to bring him a coat. He told him to bring him something to write, you know, big, write in big letters because he couldn't see very well. He wasn't talking about that. He was a prisoner of Christ. Whatever Christ said do, that's what he done. Whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness, asking the question. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. What do you what? Remember, what you feed on is what you are. What you really feed on is what you are. That's why when you do watch a football game, Brother Brown talks about being fiend, fiends, dope fiend, baseball fiend. 22 degrees in Michigan, and the old boys are half-naked, got an M on one, an I on the other one. They painted themselves all, all up. They ain't got no shirt on. And you know what? They're not sitting like this. They never sit down for three hours. Three hours. And every time ESPN goes around, they're hanging out there going, Wow! We might all try that sometime. Not, 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 no, don't, not come in here without a shirt on. <clears throat> and have a Jesus, have J-E-S-U-S, no, no, that ain't going to work. But you know what? That's why they, they what? They're feeding on what's inside of them. They're feeding off of what Satan's give them. 
But now you and I should be the same way about the Word of God and about coming to church and about reading our Bible. We should have that kind of zeal. Being then made free from sin, you become the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now, what? Yield. Yes. Greatest battle ever fought. Which one wins? One you yield to the most. Right. Even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. And remember that word up there says, Heart, that word heart means cardia, where they get cardiology from. It's the center of all physical and spiritual life, the center and seat of spiritual life, the soul or mind, as it is the fountain and seat of the thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affection, purposes, endeavors, and of understanding. So listen, all these virtues have to emanate from your soul, good or bad. The faculty and seed of the intelligence, of the will and character, of the soul so far as it is affected and stirred in a bad way or good, or of the soul as the seed of the sensibilities, affections, emotions, desires, appetites, and passions. Of course, it's of the middle or central, innermost part of anything, even though it's inanimate. Amen. For out of the abundance of your heart, you will produce what's inside your soul. No other way around it. You will produce it. I promise you. It will come out one way or the other. Let's sing a song. God bless you. <clears throat> we'll finish the rest of this afternoon. That sounds like, like home to me. <clears throat> like where I want to be. There'll be no tears today. one person Jesus Christ in human flesh every bit of this is built on God being in human flesh and being able to control and put under subjection the things around him he didn't have to die folks he wanted to because he knew you couldn't get back he couldn't have children unless he came down here in flesh so that he can release the eternal life to release your soul. Yes. 
your theophany. To burn that old one out and put that new one in. Vulcanize it together where you never can pull it apart. And guess what? This is going to be the quietest place you'll ever be. Heaven is not going to be silent. It was silent for 30 minutes. And that's it. That's when all the working of redemption. But boy, when redemption's over, we're going to sing of His grace and glory. Eternity. Eternity. It'll take an eternity to figure this guy out. And I don't think we're still going to figure him out. We're just getting a little piece of it right now. The hills will echo with His glory As we sing of His grace and glory Where the saints of God will be Pray for these that are sick and are on vacation. God bless you, you're dismissed. Come back at 2 o'clock. That sounds like home to me Right where I want to be.